Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Lightbeamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Lightbeamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 my friends, and hello, Light Beamers. Happy day to you. I'm so excited that you're here with me for this episode of the Inside Story podcast, where today we're going to talk all about this concept of how story is all around you and how you can be capturing those stories to use for great storytelling and your daily communication. So this is really great if you are looking to create more or infuse more storytelling into your content. Maybe it's content for social media. I mean, that's one thing people are always asking me is, where do you find the stories to use for your social media? This, what I'm going to be sharing with you today, is one of my biggest tricks and things, something that I use all the time and that I teach to my clients. Um, or it might be story that you're wanting to infuse into email communication that you're using with your clients or just with your friends and family, whatever it may be, just creating more connection because that's what storytelling does. It allows you to kind of reach out to people and use a good story to connect with them. Um, it could be used for presentations if you're building a presentation to share at your work or for your business or just uh, something that you're sharing at a community group or uh, an organization that you're speaking at, something along those lines. You always need to infuse some really great storytelling into those presentations to make your presentations more engaging. And again, storytelling does that. It not only helps us connect with people, but it makes, makes what we're doing more engaging because our audience is going to be they're going to remember the story more so than what they remember you teaching. But what you teach is going to be remembered because they remember the story, right? And so this is one of the questions that I get asked all the time by members of my community and certainly clients that I'm working with is, is how do I find all of these stories? Where do I source them? Most people think, you know, oh my gosh, my story. I can't just tell my story all the time. That gets boring and old. So where do I find all the micro stories to be using for the social media, the emails, the presentations, just the regular communication? How can I infuse more storytelling into that, into that work? And so this concept that I'm going to teach you today is something that I call found objects. And the whole idea is exactly what I said at the very beginning, is that actually there is story all around you every day in all types of situations. 
This is foundational to becoming a really great storyteller is to first notice where the stories are. And they truly are all around you. And so the concept of a found object is something that I named after paying attention to how I was sourcing stories through much of my career and uh, communicating with my audience and building my social media platforms and all of that is finding how to finding out how to infuse storytelling in everything that I do, because obviously it's what I teach. It's what I stand for. I know that these stories exist. So how do we find them? And to me, um, there's a really great way about going throughout your day looking for the story. So first of all, you have to be looking for it. You have to be intentional. You have to know that story does exist. You have to believe that first. And then you actually have to look for it. And when you start looking for it, I promise using what I'm going to share with you today, you're going to find it. It's going to be everywhere. And you're going to be amazed at (laughs) how many stories you have to tell. And it gets to be so much easier to infuse these stories into your work. And so why the reason I call this found objects is because the whole idea is when you are going about your everyday life, whether it's having a conversation with a friend or a family member or a client or a coworker, or just going to the grocery store, something as mundane as driving down the street or taking a walk in the park or going to the grocery store, there are storytelling moments all around you, but you have to first be aware You have to be looking for them. So, you know, a great storyteller is one who is observant. And the problem is the reason why you may be thinking, I don't notice these stories. I mean, what are you talking about? I don't see these stories every single day is because most of us are going throughout our day on autopilot. We are so busy and consumed with our really jam-packed calendars that we are just rushing from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And even while we're driving in the car, we're sitting there thinking about the 10,000 things that we have going on that we're not paying attention to what's really going on in the outside world. And we aren't pausing long enough to even notice the storytelling moments, the found objects enough to then be able to use them in a really critical and powerful way. And so my intention with sharing this with you today is to hopefully get you to number one, be more intentional for looking for the stories. Number two, pause a little bit more throughout your day and be aware of what you are noticing out in the world. And then from that awareness, be asking yourself some critical questions that are going to allow you to excavate that story and then be able to use it in a really fun, engaging, and connecting way. So a found object is, it can be something that is an object, an inanimate object. For example, you might be taking a walk with your dog in the park and you may be on the path, the sidewalk, and all of a sudden there'll be a, 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 an object laying in the path and it catches your eye and it catches your attention. Instead of just stepping over it, take notice of it. Take notice that you noticed that thing that was a little bit out of place. A lot of times found objects are things that will jump out at you and you realize that they are, they're out of place, they're unusual, it's weird, it's uh, it's a little curious, like how did that thing get there? Or it might be funny, 
It might cause a reaction. It might cause you to chuckle. Uh, anything like that, just notice throughout the day when you're experiencing those things. So it could be an inanimate object that you come across throughout your day, or it could also be something that happens between humans in some type of exchange, like a conversation that you might have, or an observation that you make between other people while you are out and about throughout your day. Now, I'm going to be giving you some specific examples so that you will hopefully anchor in this a little bit better when I share a couple of stories with you in just a bit. But I kind of wanted to give you an example of what these things are. So they are things that cause you to be curious. They, um, they strike you as interesting or unusual, funny, inspiring, whatever they may be. The point is, is that when you get those little nudges throughout your day, like, oh, that's funny, or oh, that's weird, or oh, how interesting, pause, pause, and really take that moment in. And then the next thing is then you want to then ask yourself, what am I noticing here? Why is this unusual? And even if you don't pull the story out of it right then and there, you just want to take stock. Okay, because a really great practice, and this is something that a really great storyteller does anyway, is you spend some time at some point in your day, in your journal, writing and asking yourself, what did I notice about today? Was there anything unusual or interesting or curious that happened? Or did I have a conversation that sparked an idea? Any of those things at the end of the day, you may ask yourself these questions and write down in your journal. Yeah, you know, there was that moment today at the grocery store that I noticed this really interesting exchange between the checkout person and the person in line in front of me. And whatever that was, you just took notice of it. But now while you're spending time in your journal and reflecting, you may then ask yourself, well, what was the story? Like, what did I notice? Why was that strange? What did I, what did I take away from that experience? And a lot of times that's when the story will start to evolve. And the story is probably going to be one that's a little bit more connected to you because that's why it was interesting or unusual or funny to you. And so you're going to be able to then draw out the story from there. And again, this is something that takes practice, you guys. This is not something that just because I'm sharing it with you on this podcast, you're going to totally get it. But I'm hoping that you will at least begin to practice this so that you will get it. Because this is something that I have a regular practice of doing is throughout my day, noticing these things. Um, and then I document when I notice them. Sometimes I will just pull out my phone and make myself a little note, you know, that to talk about the park bench in the park or to talk about the boat that I saw in the harbor, which are two stories that I'm getting ready to share with you um, or whatever it was. And then I may not know exactly what that story is right then and there. But after I've noticed it and I've taken it in and I've paused and I've had some awareness around it. Trust me, that story will start to bubble up as I go throughout my day. And by the time I get back to my journal and I have a few minutes to sit down with my thoughts and I reflect on what I observed that day, then I'm able to uh, more effortlessly pull out the story from it. So I want to give you a couple of examples of what this can sound like. And these are two 
real life examples of how I have noticed things in my everyday life. And from that, from that awareness and from that documentation of that thing, that found object, I then turned around and created loads and loads of content for it, including the content for this podcast, right? Like it just never seems to amaze me how much content and mileage I get out of these stories. I have used them in a variety of ways and I've used them with many different audiences and I've used them in many different formats, both in live presentations when I'm speaking to an audience in real life. I've used it as um, stories to share on my social media. I've used it as a storytelling technique to teach in my emails to my audience. And of course, I'm sharing it right now to you. So I want to share with you two examples of found objects and how I noticed them and then the story that evolved from them. So the first one I'm going to share with you is a story around park benches. On this particular day, I was taking a walk in the park that I walk in regularly in my hometown. It's a beautiful park located right inside the city with lots of trees and lots of walking paths and running paths. There's a, a lake there and a river that runs through the park. And it's really, really beautiful. And on this particular day, I was there in the morning getting my workout in. And it was a gorgeous day outside. The temperatures were really perfect for being outside. Not too hot, not too cold. It was a perfect Texas day. And it was one of those days where the park was really pretty busy. There were lots of people in the park walking, talking, getting exercise, feeding the ducks, that kind of thing. And so as I got going on my particular workout, I had my phone with me. I had my headphones plugged in and I was using my phone because I wanted to listen to a podcast while I did my workout. And so as I got started on my workout with my headphones in and my phone in my hand, I came across a particular section of the park where I noticed across the lake uh, a, a park bench that was down at the banks of the water positioned perfectly under this beautiful oak tree. And the way that the sun was shining across the lake that day it just had the most perfect uh, most perfect glow right in front of that park bench. And I can't tell you why, but I pulled out my phone. I have my phone in my hand. I pulled out my camera on my phone and I quickly snapped a picture of that really beautiful scenery that included this park bench that seemed to capture the moment of the light hitting the lake in the perfect position. And I quickly snapped the photo and kept right on going, you know, for the rest of my workout. And just around the corner, I noticed two more park benches that were positioned in a different location. And because my camera was already out and it was already turned on, I pulled up my my camera and I took another photo of these two park benches sitting side by side. And then I kept going. And then I kept going. And then, you know, around the corner was another set of park benches, you know, completely positioned in a different area of the park. And something just took over. I can't explain it, but I was being nudged to take the photos of all of these park benches. And as I went throughout my workout that morning, I continued to take a photo of every single park bench that I came across 
while on my walk in the park. And what was interesting to me about that was number one, I was just letting my intuition guide me and I was taking photos of these park benches. Number two, I thought to myself, you know, I have walked in this park a bajillion times and I've never noticed how many park benches there are all throughout the park. They are everywhere. And at the end of my walk, I went back through my photos and I counted and I did not cover the entire surface area of the park, mind you. This was just the section that I was using to get my workout in. And when I counted up the park benches in my photos, I had taken 18 photos of 18 different park benches during my 45 minute um, exercise routine in the park. And I thought, well, that's a lot of park benches. Wow. And at the moment, I didn't really know why I had taken all of those photos. I didn't really know what I thought of these park benches. But as I sat there at the end of my workout, sitting in one of those park benches, looking through my photos, I took a minute to ask myself, what is this all about? Why did I feel compelled to take a photo of all of these park benches? And as I sat there for a few minutes and I looked around in the park and I noticed, again, the park was quite busy. There were a lot of people milling around in the park that day. And what jumped out at me as unusual was the fact that every single photo I took, the park bench was empty. There were all of these people in the park and no one was sitting in those park benches. They were all empty. The other thing I noticed is that the park benches were positioned in a variety of locations. Some of them were down by the water, like the first one, the first photo I took, which did catch my eye because it was so pretty, the way that it was perfectly positioned at the water's edge, right under this giant oak tree with the sun glistening across the water right in front of the bench where I felt like whoever would sit there would get the best view. And I took that photo. But there were other park benches along the path. There were park benches positioned right across from the playground where you might watch your children play on the playground. There were other park benches that were sitting more like under shade trees while others were out in the open, kind of in a grassy knoll area. There were park benches everywhere throughout that park. And they all provided a really nice place to sit and take in the beauty of that park. Yet, no one was sitting in them. So that was the unusual thing that I noticed about taking all of those photos and counting up how many park benches there were. And yet, this park was super busy, but nobody was really taking the time to actually enjoy the perfectly poised location to take in the beauty of the park. So I thought about this even more as my day uh, went on and I finished my workout. I went back home and those park benches stuck with me until finally later in the day, I pulled up those photos again and I thought a little bit more about that. And I thought, what is this really saying? And to me, what I thought about was the fact that we are so busy. We go throughout our day just blowing and going and We don't often take the time to really stop and sit 
and enjoy the beautiful views that are all around us, much like storytelling, much like this lesson that I'm talking about today about observing things that are all around us, but that we are so busy and consumed that we fail to notice it. And I really felt like those park benches were reiterating that message for me that day. Those park benches were calling out to me to slow down, to take a pause, to rest, to not be so busy, to pay attention to everything that is around me that is beautiful and good. And that was a message that I needed to hear that day. I needed to take that pause. I needed to slow down. And it's a message that then I felt compelled to turn around and share with other people in my audience. And so I shared the story of the park benches as a vehicle to share the message that I felt that they were saying. And so that's a perfect example of how an inanimate object, such as a park bench, and 18 of them to be exact, really jumped out at me and spoke to me that day. Had I just been my normal self of just running and blowing and going and getting my workout done so I could get back home and do all the rest of the things that I had going on that day, I may not have noticed it. And the message would have completely skipped over me. However, because I am a keen observer and I practice really good storytelling techniques and I am looking for things throughout my day to find the story that I know is always around me. I was able to capture that moment. And now I'm able to share that with you. So do you see how it has a trickle effect? It's not just for me, but then that story can be shared with other people. Now, I want to give you a completely different example. Um, This was another story that I've shared quite often. And it came from a time when I was actually out in San Diego at a conference and I was working, um, I was at a conference for the week, uh, sort of on a business trip. And I was down in San Diego staying right on the harbor side of uh, where all the ships come in and uh, boats and beautiful place where you can go down on the waterfront and get your exercise in the morning. And it's a, it looks out over Coronado Bay. If you, if you've been to San Diego, you kind of know where I'm talking about. And so, um, staying at the hotel, at the convention center, I got up one morning and everybody was kind of milling around and there was a lot of hustle and bustle down on the, on the waterfront there about this big giant boat that was parked in the Harbor. And you could, you could see that it was clearly the biggest boat in the Harbor and it was pretty shiny and gorgeous and (laughs) spectacular. And a lot of people were, were standing in front of that boat that day, taking pictures and talking about it and even whispering, Hey, did you see that big boat that's in the Harbor today? So it was kind of a big deal, which is kind of unusual because I mean, San Diego gets boats like that in all the time, but this one seemed to be extra extraordinary. Now, not living on the coast, um, you know, being from Texas, this was something that jumped out at me because I thought, oh, this is something that must be extra special since everyone seems to be talking about it and it's not a normal occurrence. So I was taking a walk that morning down on the waterfront to kind of get some fresh air, get a little exercise in before I started my day when I did stop to notice this big giant boat and I took a photo of it because it, it was pretty extraordinary and pretty beautiful. And then I finished, went on about my way and went up the waterfront and came back 
to get my exercise in. And as I came back, I stopped again at the big boat. And again, people were still milling around, talking about it, taking photos. And I thought about this big boat in the harbor. And I noticed how all of these other boats around it were so small in comparison to its big stature. And I thought about that a little bit more as I, as I went back into my room and I thought, man, you know, had that big boat, this really large super yacht, not been parked in the harbor that day, it would have been the other boats that would have gotten some attention, right? And when I thought about the other boats that were parked in the harbor, those boats were equally as gorgeous and amazing. Yachts by their own right very expensive, very beautiful, very luxurious boats. Yet that day they did not compare to the big, big, big super yacht parked in the harbor. And I thought about those smaller boats sitting next to the big giant boat. And I thought, you know, if I had an invitation to get on one of those smaller boats, I absolutely would not turn it down. I would think, that it would be a grand opportunity to get to go out on one of those boats and to, you know, sit on one of those boats, to ride in one of those boats, to own one of those boats. And I thought this related so much to how we sometimes compare ourselves to other people. And we think that we don't measure up, that we aren't as important or as grand or as beautiful or as interesting as the other big boat that's in the harbor. And so we tend to shrink and think that we aren't good enough. And the fact that when I looked at those other boats sitting in the harbor and I thought about how amazing they were in their own right, regardless of the fact that they weren't as big as this other giant super yacht, that they were still really worthy boats, right? They still were really amazing pieces of machinery, And I thought about how many of us go through our life battling imposter syndrome. And we think about, you know, our story isn't good enough, that our story doesn't measure up, that it's not as interesting as some of those other people out there that have those really big, giant stories. Yet, none of that's true. Just because someone else has a really giant, big, juicy story doesn't mean your story isn't good doesn't mean your story isn't worthy of being shared. And a lot of times we let imposter syndrome keep us from playing in the game. We let imposter syndrome keep us from showing up. We let imposter syndrome dictate um, our own value and worth. And at the end of the day, those other boats in the harbor had great value and worth, regardless of how they measured up against that big giant super yacht. And so that was a message that I noticed and took in that day, looking at that big, giant, gorgeous, you know, 25, actually, I don't even know what the cost of the boat was. I do remember looking it up and I think it was like a $400 million boat. It was, it was crazy. Whereas the rest of the boats in the harbor were like $25 million boats, right? Um, But does it really matter? No, because they're both beautiful in their own regard. And one isn't better than the other. The only difference is that they're just different. They're just different. And each of us is unique. 
And that's something that I try to bring to you guys here on the Inside Story podcast by bringing you a variety of interviews from different women from around the world who have amazing stories, but they're individualized. Their story is unique to them. And I hope that it's always an illustration to you that your story also has a place in this world, just like those smaller boats in the harbor have a place out in the harbor. They have a place on the ocean that they are just as capable of crossing the ocean as the big giant super yacht is. And I use though that found object of, of the boats in the harbor that day to be an illustration of this message that I constantly want to share with other women is to not compare yourself to someone else's story, that your story alone is unique and it is enough. Now, I could have shared that story easily without the story of the boats, but don't you think the boats make it a little bit more interesting and kind of drive my point home a little bit better, as does the park bench story as well? When you can find an object or an example of some sort of exchange between humans, you will drive your point home so much better by infusing the message with storytelling first. And so that's what I wanted to share with you today to teach you this storytelling technique around the found object. And I encourage you to go out today looking for your own story found all around you, hiding in all the nicks and crannies of your life. Maybe it's a boat. Maybe it's a park bench. Maybe it's a conversation that you have with a friend. Maybe it's an exchange that you notice out in the world. Maybe it's just something unusual that jumps out at you today. But I encourage you to pause and take note of it And then ask yourself a few questions to go deeper into what is the story that's really being told to you today. And then pull that story out and then use it to share it with somebody else. It's a fantastic practice to get into. And I promise you, storytelling becomes so much fun when you incorporate this into your daily habit. I would love to hear how this goes for you. I invite you to send me a personal email, april at lightbeamers.com, and tell me, even practice with me, a found object story that you find in your daily life this week. And if you just put in the subject line, found object, I will open that email immediately and read your story and respond. I cannot wait to hear how this storytelling technique and practice goes for you. So please hit me up, april at lightbeamers.com and go have fun telling your story. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? 
I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.